Chapter Three of the Belgian Twins. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Chenever. The Belgian Twins by Lucy Fitch Perkins. Chapter Three. The Alarm. For some time, the little village of Mir slept quietly in the moonlight. There was not a sound to break the stillness, except once when mother von hove's old rooster caught a glimpse of the waning moon through the window of the chicken-house and crowed lustily thinking it was the sun the other roosters of the village wiser than he made no response to his call and in a moment he too returned to his interrupted slumbers but though there was as yet no sound to tell of their approach the moon looked down upon three horsemen galloping over the yellow ribbon of road from Malinez toward the little village. Soon the sound of the horses' hoofs beating upon the hardened earth throbbed through the village itself, and Fidel sat up on the kitchen doorstep, pricked up his ears, and listened. He heard the hoofbeats and awakened the echoes with a sharp bark. Mother von Hove sat up in bed and listened. Another dog barked, and another, and now she too heard the hoofbeats. Nearer they came, and nearer and now she could hear a voice shouting she shook her husband wake up she whispered in his ear something is wrong fidel barks and i hear strange noises about wake up fidel is crazy said father von hoffe sleepily he thinks some weasel is after the chickens very likely fidel will attend to it go to sleep he sank back again upon his pillows but his wife seized his arm and pulled him up listen she said oh listen weasels do not ride on horseback there are hoofbeats on the road some neighbor returning late from malinez said father von hove yawning it does not concern us but his wife was already out of bed and at the window the horsemen were now plainly visible riding like the wind and as they whirred by the houses their shout thrilled through the quiet streets of the village burghers awake 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 wide awake at last father von hove sprang out of bed and hastily began putting down his clothes his wife was already nearly dressed and had lighted a candle other lights sparkled from the windows of other houses suddenly the bell in the church steeple began to ring wildly as though it too were shaken with a sudden terror it must be a fire said father von hove still fastening her clothing his wife ran out of the door and looked about in every direction I see no fire, she said, but the village street is full of people running to the square. Hurry, hurry, we must take the children with us. They must not be left here alone. She ran to wake the children as she spoke, and, helped by her trembling fingers, they too were soon dressed, and the four ran together up the road toward the village church. The bell still clanged madly from the steeple and the vibrations seemed to shake the very flesh of the trembling children as they clung to their mother's hands and tried to keep up with their father's rapid strides they found all the village gathered in front of the little town hall on its steps stood the burgermeister and the village priest and near them still sitting astride his foam-flecked steed was one of the soldiers who had brought the alarm his two companions were already far beyond mir flying over the road to arouse the villages which lay farther to the east. The church bell suddenly seized its metallic clatter, 
and while its deep tones still throbbed through the night air, the wondering and frightened people crowded about the steps in breathless suspense. The Burgermeister raised his hand. Even in the moonlight it could be seen that he was pale. He spoke quickly. Neighbors, he said, there is bad news. The German army is on our borders. It is necessary for every man of military age and training to join the colors at once in case the army is needed for defense. There is not a moment to lose. This messenger is from headquarters. He will tell you what you are to do. The soldier now spoke for the first time. Men of Belgium, he cried, your services are needed for your country and your king. The men of Mir are to report at once to the army headquarters at Melines. Do not stop even to change your clothing. We are not yet at war, and our good King Albert still hopes to avert it by an armed peace, but the neutrality of Belgium is at stake. We must be ready to protect it at any cost, and at an instant's notice. Go at once to the Brussels gate of Malines. An officer will meet you there and tell you what to do. I must ride on to carry the alarm to Bitta. He wheeled his horse as he spoke, and, turning in his saddle, lifted his sword and cried, Vive le roi! Vive le roi! Vive la Belgique! came in an answering shout from the people of Mir, and he was gone. There was a moment of stunned silence as he rode away, then a sound of women weeping. The burgomaster came down from the steps of the town hall, said farewell to his wife and children, and took his place at the head of the little group of men which was already beginning to form in marching order. The priest moved about among his people with words of comfort. Father Van Hove turned to his wife and said to Jan and Marie, who were clinging to her skirts, It is only a bad dream, my little ones, he said, patting their heads tenderly. We shall wake up some day, and you, my wife, do not despair. I shall soon return, no doubt. Our good king will yet save us from war. You must finish the harvest alone, but— Fallen! cried the voice of the burgomaster, and Father Van Hove kissed his wife and children and stepped forward. Mother Van Hove bravely checked her rising sobs. We shall go with you to Malines at any rate, she said firmly. And as the little group of men started forward along the yellow road, she and many more women and children of the village marched away with them in the gray twilight which precedes the coming of the dawn. The priest went with his people, praying for them as he walked, in a voice that shook with feeling. The sky was red in the east, and the larks were already singing over the quiet fields when the men of Mir, followed by their wives and children, presented themselves at the Brussels gate of the city. End of chapter 3